2020 study commissioned by NordPass revealed that most people on average have about 100 passwords to remember. That number increased by 25% from 2019 and is attributed in part to the COVID-19 pandemic with people doing more things online and thereby introducing the necessity to generate new accounts. Just how many of these 100 passwords are iterations of a few is up for speculation. The obvious danger of repeated use of the same or similar passwords is a compromise of one password exposes the others exponentially. With the most used password, one, two, three, four, five, six, Still in news today, we invited Andrew Shikar, Executive Director at Fido Alliance, to join us on Podcasts for Future CIO to talk about passwordless authentication. Andrew, welcome to Podcasts for Future CIO. Alan, thank you so much for having me today. Why is authentication the cornerstone of digital transformation? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that you know, authentication at its core will secure digital transformation much as it can secure the internet today. If you look at some of the biggest challenges that the internet and, in fact, our network economy has today, it comes down to uh, integrity and security and usability. And passwords you know, really present a challenge to all of those. And, in fact, that's why FIDO Alliance was formed, was to address you know, the world's password problem, which has only grown over time, which has led to a data breach problem and you know, also all sorts of related issues due to this you know, dependence that we've all had Passwords and, in fact, knowledge-based authentication in general to allow people to access systems and services. Now, how has COVID-19 accelerated the need to secure our devices? And what are some of the challenges that organizations face today in doing so? So, I mean, COVID has accelerated digital transformation. In fact, it's an interesting topic, and oftentimes I talk about this, and I, I say that before COVID hit, you know, digital transformation was definitely one of the buzzwords in the industry. But by and large, I think people kind of it's kind of talked about it, and it's pretty vague concepts. And consultants booked a lot of hours against it, but generally, people had a four-year plan, a five-year plan, you know, somewhere in a whiteboard. And what COVID did is compress that four-year time frame into a four-month time frame, where all of a sudden everyone had to figure out how to secure their workforce. Um, if you're a bank and you still had, you know, that 15% of customers who only bank in branch, you had to figure out how to get them online. And so as we look at what that, that impact of COVID, it, it certainly accelerated these things. And it wasn't only, you know, the businesses that noticed this, the hackers did as well. So in fact, there is a, a massive spike in cyber attacks between February and April 2020. One statistic I saw from VMware is around a 250% increase in attacks against financial services alone in those two months, you know, targeting this very vulnerable population. Uh, likewise, you know, Google was tracking you know, close to 20 million you know, COVID-related malware and phishing emails that were being blocked per day by Google. And so I think what we saw is the rapid need to harden you know, all of the infrastructure associated with online communications was just accelerated through COVID-19. What are the risks of relying on passwords for authentication? We still do it. We continue to use passwords today. I mean, I, I could probably spend the rest of this podcast talking about those risks. The core problem with passwords is that they sit on a server and it's a, it's a shared secret, right? Anything on a server can eventually will be stolen or can eventually will be manipulated out of someone's hand. The fact that it's something that is a quote unquote secret is somewhat appealing. But as you mentioned in the intro to this session, uh, the fact of the matter is most people reuse their passwords. And so what happens is when we see these data breaches, these ongoing data breaches, there isn't just the short-term damage of that data breach, but also those passwords and those credentials find their way onto the dark web where they're stolen by hackers and they're programmatically stuffed you know, through bots to attempt to log into more sites and more sites. And you know, that credential stuffing approach actually has a, a pretty high success rate um, that costs billions of dollars per year and is, is this kind of self-perpetuating cycle because that leads to more credentials being stolen you know, through that 
process. So the fundamental problem is that this dependency on server-side shared secrets, such as passwords, will only perpetuate as long as we're dependent on that methodology to secure users. And I'd note, it's not just passwords, right? So passwords certainly are the, the weakest form of user authentication, but anything that's you know not possession-based, anything that sits on a server that requires verification can also be manipulated. So a very common form of multi-factor authentication is an SMS message sent to the phone, so an SMS one-time passcode. Certainly more secure than a password alone, but those also can be manipulated through a simple kind of man-in-the-middle, you know, like a relay attack, where there's someone pretending to be a legit website, they take your credentials, they enter them into the real website, and they then have access to your account, they can take over your account and lock you out of it. Uh, so fundamentally, what we need to do is, is move the world you know, away from this model of kind of centralized authentication based on shared secrets to one that is you know, more possession-based, where you are logging into the device in your hand, either by using a biometric or just by proving possession of the device or even entering a PIN, something that's not transmitted over the internet. By logging in locally, only you or someone who's in possession of your device can log in. And what that does is that dramatically reduces the ability for someone to take over accounts and it completely eliminates their ability to do so at scale because each person is in charge and in possession of their own authenticator. Today, uh, where do we stand with passwordless authentication? So FIDO Alliance itself has been really you know, the industry's driving force to the market towards passwordless. Uh, just a little bit about FIDO Alliance. We're an industry body that was launched in 2012 with the goal of uh, providing simpler, stronger user authentication in lieu of passwords. We have you know over 250 companies worldwide taking part in FIDO Alliance. There really isn't any other standard trying to solve this problem. And we work with other complementary standards bodies. On our board of directors and our membership include you know, every major platform provider and device manufacturer. So Apple, Microsoft, Samsung, Google, Intel, groups like that. Also on our board include you know leading payment networks and banks like MasterCard, Visa, American Express, uh, JCB, groups like that. And last but not least, uh, major service providers um, whose businesses you know, really are dependent upon their ability to deliver services to users. Social media giants like Line, Facebook, Google, Amazon, you know, groups like that. So really, it's everyone who's impacted by this is, is taking part to help shape FIDO's direction. The good news is this diverse group of companies and, and organizations has created specifications that have been built into devices that we all use every day. Right? So every Android handset, every Windows 10 PC, every Mac an Apple device, you know, modern device can now support you know, FIDO passwordless authentication, which gives you the ability to basically use your device unlock feature to now be a website or application login feature. So if you're logging into your smartphone with a, a face biometric, you can now use that to log into websites that support FIDO authentication. Now, of course, you know, these biometric authenticators are not new and they're not unique to FIDO. We leverage what's already on devices. So face ID, touch ID, those are on device functions uh, that already provide people with a passwordless type experience. But when the service provider or the website or the app provider is using FIDO authentication, it'll actually doesn't just provide the simpler user experience, but also a fully encrypted, you know, phishing resistant account takeover proof means of authentication that, that is you know, protects the user and provides that safer or simpler user experience. What needs to happen for businesses and users to adopt passwordless authentication, say the one promoted by FIDO? And what is the cost to the organization to implement such? So I think the first thing, like with any new kind of network-based technology, you know, you need to see distribution and, and addressable user base. And, and that's where we've made you know, great strides in the past 18 months. So if you talked to me two years ago, I'd have a much different story to tell because FIDO wasn't explicitly supported in every Windows PC. It wasn't supported in every Android device and Apple wasn't even taking part in FIDO yet. So we've largely addressed this endpoint problem you know, through the, the data points I was mentioning before, which means that you know, over 85% of users now have the ability to you know, log in with FIDO authentication, which is a, you know, 
a significant number and large enough for someone to deploy to consumers. Inside the enterprise, the number is much higher. Right? So that's, that's one point, right? making sure that people can actually consume FIDO authentication. The other part that needs to happen is for people to be able to easily add FIDO to their websites or to web services. The latest set of FIDO specifications includes something called web authentication or the web authen. It's an API that FIDO develops in conjunction with the W3C, which is the standardization body of the web itself, uh, which makes it possible for any, any web browser to uh, support FIDO authentication. This API is in a, a pretty straightforward public API that you know, website developers can now add to their sites instead of you know depending on passwords. And we're starting to see this built into leading developer tools and platforms like WordPress, for example. You know, WordPress is, is probably you know, the, the preeminent website backend. One of our members, a company called Login ID, just released a plugin that allows WordPress developers to offer FIDO authentication to their users, which is really important because that's how we start getting scale easier for people to deploy. So I think the tools are all coming in, into place to enable you know, these deployments to start happening in, in a much more rapid and, and much broader fashion. Now, inside the enterprise, you know, the, the good news is that you know, Microsoft has fully embraced FIDO and, and built it into uh, Azure and Azure Active Directory. So your enterprise deployments you know, quite quickly uh, can start moving passwordless. In fact, Microsoft's commitment to passwordless has been uh, fantastic. And it's not just FIDO. They have a you know, strategy beyond FIDO as well that allows for an enterprise to you know, quite quickly move their users away from passwords for everything from logging, you know, from unlocking their devices to logging into systems, to move from passwords to a FIDO passwordless way of, of logging in, whether you're using the biometric built into a Windows PC or a uh, external security key. Those capabilities are all there today in, in any sort of Microsoft environment. How can an organization safely transition to a passwordless authentication such as uh, FIDOs? Yeah, I think every organization is different, right? A younger organization will have less technical debt, if you will, than, than one that's been around for a while and has made several acquisitions. It's probably dealing with you know, all sorts of infrastructure issues you know, beyond just passwords. Um, you know, the first thing I'd encourage companies to do is start developing a passwordless strategy, right? If you're not there already and you're a CIO, you need to think about, you know, what are my systems that are utterly dependent on passwords today? And then how can I start prioritizing those that I want to move to passwordless or password apps fallback only? And what time frame. And I think that, you know, it's hard to give a single recipe for everyone, but I think taking that first step is the most important thing. And then as they move forward with this, you know, they should look for vendors that have FIDO certified solutions. Part of the benefit of any open standard is that of interoperability and scale, meaning that if, if you license to server from one of our vendors, that would work with any authenticator, whether that's a, again, a, a PC or a security key or someone's handset, all these things interoperate. But to get that benefit of interoperability and scale, which also ultimately gives you more buying power and prevent vendor lock-in, you need to be looking for you know, FIDO certified solutions, which are certified both to meet that, that, that the product conforms to the specification and interoperates with other products that have the same mark. So I'd say that's a very important first step for someone looking to take their company passwordless. Within an organization, there are multiple users of user data and customer data as well. So who should own the deployment and adoption of passwordless authentication? Is it the CIO, CISO, the business unit managers? <laughs> Yeah, I think the answer to that is yes. Um, so it really depends on the scenario. It's interesting. You know, I mentioned before I was going to come back to our tagline. So FIDO's tagline is simpler, stronger authentication. So as you look at, you know, who you need to authenticate with that credo in mind, it, it, depending on which part that you focus on will impact who's going to be making, you know, driving this decision. So for consumer-facing applications, oftentimes we're seeing more and more user experience. People lead this or even marketing people lead this because they want to make sure that there's positive, positive brand association you know, for their company. So people have a better login experience they're more likely to have a better experience 
parents and also less likely to abandon their shopping carts and do all these other things that are very important to the top line. However, you know, from a security standpoint, oftentimes, yeah, CISO typically will lead things from a security standpoint. Someone who's looking at overall infrastructure, things kind of systematically and security. So, so I think that's often where I see FIDO projects led is in the CISO's office, often in conjunction with someone from marketing and or um, compliance also, because there's a lot of regulatory considerations as well, again, depending on industry, you know, geography and use case. Given that we roll this back to the enterprise, that anything, including password, uh, the rollout of passwordless authentication involves costs and therefore it goes back to the CFO, the, the leadership and the board. What questions should uh, leadership and the board ask their CIO with regards to passwordless authentication to enable them to get past the issue of it's going to cost me another uh, arm and a leg to get this one out? Well, I think, you know, what's everyone will have their own approach to this. You know, more and more, I look at passwords as a liability. This is incredibly valuable data that you have of, of your customers. And, and, and passwords are opening you up to having that data stolen, having that data manipulated, having your company featured as the next big company that had a major data breach. You know, what's the cost of that? What's the reputational cost of, of being called out for a data breach? What's the reputational cost of losing your customers? Um, so I think there's substantial, you know, costs associated with the threats of not moving passwordless. So again, I think you look at this from both a, a, a top line and a bottom line standpoint. Other things that you could look at, you know, from a bottom line standpoint, is there's cost savings associated with moving passwordless. So the average, you know, password reset for enterprise, you know, has a specific cost. It's around a thousand dollars once you add in the time and the, the IT costs associated with that. So you start eliminating password resets. That's a direct cost saving. Also, if you're thinking about your employees, you want them productive, right? You don't want them fighting technology. So employee uptime is very important. So the less downtime or the more uptime, the more productivity you're going to get out of your workers. And, and I've seen estimates that that can save, you know, up to a month or maybe a week or something like that per, per year of productivity time, just not having to deal with passwords. So I think there's a lot of different data points that, that one can look at to help kind of, you know, sell this vision, you know, both kind of direct cost savings, opportunity costs, and reputational costs associated with you know, moving the company, moving the organization to a, you know, a more fit for purpose approach to user authentication. I guess that's the right word, uh, fit for purpose. Andrew, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO. Okay, Alan, thank you very much. That was Andrew Schicker, Executive Director at Fido Alliance on the topic of passwordless authentication. You are listening in to Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CFO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now. Music